and welcome to episode number 147 of the Lions Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by Brett Colson and Brad Allen, where we run down all of the games in the NFL. We are at week 17, guys. It is the weirdest of weird weeks. I am, uh, we will attempt anyway to give you some insight into some of these games, but I don't know how much action I'm going to have in play this week. Just full transparency. Uh, Brad, as you look down the card here, do you do you anticipate having what percent of your normal action in any given NFL week do you think that you'll have this week? Uh, maybe 30% or so. Uh, there's just so much uncertainty, so many injuries, so much motivation question. Um, so yeah, a lot less. There, there might be more in-play angles, uh, you know, as teams get news about who's winning and, and whether they need to win. So uh, maybe some more in-play action, but definitely like a third of usual volume so far. Brett, what about you? Yeah, I, I, I'm looking at maybe one or two plays this week. It's such a difficult, difficult week because there's just so much incomplete information out there mm-hmm. with teams either, you know, out of contention or in a spot where they're already locked into playoff position. I think week 17 is a good lesson in discipline for me, at least, you know, there's just not enough information or predictive value in these games to, to put my, my money down on. So I'd rather wait until next week when we know who's playing and there are, you know, what, what the motivations are for every team. That's, that's to win where that's just not the case this week. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a really tough week to uh, try to cap football games. Real quick rundown here on the AFC side of things. Chiefs have locked up the number one spot. We already know they are starting Chad Hitney. Um, So Patrick Mahomes is going to be sitting. We anticipate that pretty much all of the starters are going to be sitting in this game for the Chiefs. On the Bills side of things, they cannot drop lower than the three seed. And so... Brett, I don't know if you've heard anything up there or not. I actually just saw come through my Twitter machine that they activated John Brown off of the COVID list. I don't know if that necessarily means he's going to play this week or whatever, but I don't anticipate with the Steelers, who, by the way, are in the three seed right now, have already said they're going to start Mason Rudolph. TJ Watt is not going to play. They're going to basically be resting all of their guys. I can't imagine the Bills taking a risk on Josh Allen and any of these starters, especially since Cole Beasley is going to be sitting out and whatever. But uh, what have you heard so far? I I've heard different things. I do think they want to win this game against Miami. Uh, so I, I do expect Josh Allen to start. I don't know if there's going to be scoreboard watching going on with, with Sean McDermott. I don't know if he's that kind of coach either. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, I don't know what to expect. I mean, they were going to be saying that a lot this week because I, I really don't know what McDermott is going to do with this with this roster this week. But um, I, I do expect Josh Allen to start and these a lot of these starters to, to play at least for the first half. Titans uh, in the four seed right now, they are in a must win to clinch a playoff berth. They can still get in with a loss, but of course the easiest path to that is just to go ahead and beat the Texans. So they'll be going all out. Of course, the Dolphins are in a must win situation as well against that Bills team, like you said. Um, So they have to win to get in. So we know that they will be going all out here. Same with the Ravens. They are going to be, uh, even though they are a massive, massive favorite, they don't have any room to uh, mess around or whatever. So they'll be going hard at it. The Browns, it did have some COVID news hit them, though they did have some other good news go their way. All four of those wide receivers did come off of the COVID list that they missed last week. Wyatt Teller back at practice and uh, looks like he's going to be able to go for the Browns as well. But again, they are in a must win situation. And then finally the Colts are sitting there and uh, 
They can get in a couple of different ways, but again, Colts will be going all out against the one and 14 Jaguars on the NFC side of things. The Packers have everything to play for number one seed if they win. So you can expect a full effort out of them against the bears, the saints and the Seahawks can still get the number one seed should the Packers lose. So the saints and Seahawks will both be going at it a hundred percent. Of course, the, we know about the Washington football team who is currently in the number four slot in that NFC pathetic NFC East. They win They're in. It is the premier game on Sunday night, so they will be playing all out. Now, the Bucs can't fall further than the sixth seed. They are currently the five seed. But, guys, I expect them to be going all out as well because if they lock in the five seed, then they get the winner of the NFC East. And so I cannot imagine that you're not going to see a full effort out of the Bucs in this one, which is why something whenever we talk about that game, uh, something that, that you really got to consider here, despite the fact that they're either fifth or sixth seed as it is. Um, the Rams, we know this situation, all these injuries, we'll talk through that, but they have to get in with a win, full uh, full effort out of those guys. The Bears, same deal, and the Cardinals as well. So um, the, everybody else we I didn't mention uh, outside of the Giants and Cowboys game, which will be played at 1 p.m. Eastern time. That is a game that, again, won't matter if the uh, football team wins later in the day, but it will matter if the football team loses. Anybody else I did not mention does not have any motivation whatsoever in any of the games this week. So, guys, it's a, like we said, tricky week, screwy week, whatever, but we're going to try and uh, fight through this thing and see how how it goes. So let's kick things off here with one of the teams, like we said, that is going to be playing hard and they definitely need a win. And that is the Baltimore Ravens. They are going up against the Cincinnati Bengals. They are currently 13, 13, 12 and a half ish favorites out there. Uh, You can find totals anywhere from 43 and a half up to 44 and a half. Brad, I'll start with you in this one. Again, the, uh, the Ravens, have started to come on here the last month of the season. It seems like they are peaking at the right time. Uh, doesn't 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 seem like they're going to need to be peaking in this game to get this thing taken down. But is 12 and a half, 13 points too much? Um, it seemed fair to me. I'm, I'm not getting too carried away with these recent Bengals performances. Um, you know, they're, they're still missing their tackles, um, which, you know, is fine against the Texans where they just got no defense whatsoever. But um, I think they will struggle this week to move the ball at all against the Ravens. Um, yeah, so A, the protection, I don't think they'll have. And then it looks like the Ravens could be getting their corners back. Uh, questionable, last I checked, all, all three of the big the big three corners. Um, and if they play as well, then I, ju- I don't really see how the, the, the Bengals move the ball whatsoever. Um, and then it looks like Lamar's back, doesn't it? It looks like, you know, he's over his COVID issues and, and all that. And I think the I think the way to beat the Ravens, you know, we talk a lot about them as, as kind of the bully team, is, is to get pressure up front because they've still got, you know, a backup left tackle um, and... and they're not the best offensive line, but that's that's not really the Bengals either. The Bengals are strongest in the secondary, um, but that's not really how the Ravens want to beat you. So I, I, I've not bet it. I would probably lean towards the Ravens side if forced to pick. But um, yeah, it's it's, a, it's another sit out for me. Uh, Brett, what do you uh, what do you see in this one? If anything, um, again, a nearly a two touchdown spread. I in a game where. You know, the Ravens, I imagine, at the very least, are going to give a max effort for two and a half, maybe three quarters here. 
I actually quite like the over in this game. You know, we're finally starting to see the Ravens offense look like what we thought it would look like coming into the year. Uh, you know, Lamar Jackson utilizing his mobility again. Meanwhile, you got a Bengals offense that's operating at a pretty fast pace against a very high variance Ravens defense. So could be a lot of splash plays both on both sides of the ball uh, when when the Bengals are, are on offense. So my favorite play of the week is the over 43 and a half here. I think that's too low for uh, an offense that is really starting to look uh, like an elite offense, like the number one offense uh, on the field like it was last year. And uh, a Bengals team that can score points. I mean, they scored 30 plus points last week. So, I mean, I, I have trust that this offense can can figure out a way to score points here. Uh, so uh, that's that's my play in this one is uh, the over 43 and a half. Yeah, I don't mind that. I actually think that there'll be a decent amount of garbage time in this game as well. I mean, I think that the Ravens can come out and get a pretty nice lead in this thing. And then uh, and then, you know, maybe we get a, a you know. 10 ish points or something like that later in the game towards uh, towards garbage for us again, if the Ravens, uh, you know, they're not going to force the issue late in the game, but they'll still kick field goals and then, uh, you know, get a touchdown out of the, the Bengals. I don't hate that play at all. Not one that's in my card on my card right now, but uh, now that you bring it up, I will certainly look into that a little bit further. Of course, let's talk about this one that we talked about that uh, means everything for the Browns and the Steelers have already decided that they are going to kind of pack this thing in. We're going to get Mason Rudolph at quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. No TJ Watt. That leads us to believe there's going to be a whole bunch of starters out for the Steelers in this thing. Uh, The Browns, of course, need a win desperately, which is why they are now sitting as nine and a half point favorites in this game, Brett. Now they did get all four of those wide receivers. They're missing from last week back this week. Like I said, Wyatt Teller is back for them this week as well. This is a team that loves to run Wyatt Teller, one of the best run blocking guards in the NFL. So that helps them out a ton. You can even find a 10 out there right now at points bet on this thing. Um, what do you feel about the second string Steelers against the um, against the what we're you know what we're assuming will be a near full strength um, Browns team outside of a couple of COVID issues that they're still dealing with? Yeah, I think ten is is an over adjustment to the Ben Roethlisberger news. If you can get ten, I, I that's the one play I would have here is Steelers plus ten because I mean look, this offense has been terrible all season with Ben Roethlisberger. How much worse is it going to be with Mason Rudolph? under center it was bad last year no question but mm-hmm. again i just it's hard to trust this this steelers offense week to week even when ben's in the lineup um you've also got some injuries up front for the browns so if the steelers the thing is like if the steelers don't play their starters on this pass rush then you take away their biggest strength and i, I don't know how they get stops in this game against against the browns i don't know what to do with this game i, I don't know what to expect from the Steelers so it's hard for it's hard for me to have really any analysis or prediction for this game um but I think at 10 you're getting some decent value anything short of that I I'm just staying away from it Brad again um you know looks like to be the B squad from from the Steelers going up against the the highly motivated Browns who are trying to get into the playoffs here after running into some really unfortunate luck last week losing their top four receiving options to COVID and then putting themselves in this situation they're in right now where it's a must win uh nine and a half or ten is what we're looking at is that too much 
Um, I did bet a little Browns minus nine and a half. Um, mainly just I, I think they'll be able to move the ball with no no TJ Watt and no Hayward in there. Um, you know we've gone on all year how like the 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 strength of the Steelers team is is just that defensive line and the pressure they can get that covers up a lot of sins on the back end it covers up like backup linebackers they've got in there um, so with if, if that pressure is not coming and the Browns look like they're getting healthy on the offensive line with Wyatt Teller and Jedrick Wills at left tackle I think the Browns <laughs> with, with their receivers I think they'll be able to, to just move the ball at ease really um, and then you know, Mason Rudolph, we've seen he's a bad quarterback. And I think Miles Garrett as well, we know he hates we know he hates Rudolph. Um and I think he's got good matchups against that Steelers offensive line as well. So I think if you if you force Rud- Rudolph to start throwing the ball, we know the Steelers can't run the ball as well. Um I think I think that the Browns probably get some turnovers and they can uh, just run the ball all day. So I uh, yeah, I did bet a small amount of uh, Browns minus nine and a half. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm looking at this one, and if this wasn't as high as it was, if it was the Browns closer to a touchdown, I think this might be a game that I'd be interested in. With it sitting where it is right now, and I mean, listen, the, the Browns have a pretty atrocious defense. I mean, like, it is bad. Denzel Ward's going to be out for this game because of COVID issues, and um, if you take if you think about this, guys, like, as bad as his defense has been for the Browns, there's been two games where the weather like completely wiped out what the opponent, what the, what the opponent could actually do against them. Those two, you know, 40 mile an hour win games that we had earlier this year, if there'd have been two additional games on their schedule of, of teams, just lighting them up. Like we might be looking at this defense as one of the absolute very worst in all of the NFL. So uh, it's a little scary for me, the, the double digits, to be honest with you, I do think they win, but I'm not willing to lay the nine and a half or 10 in this thing. So I'll probably just be sitting this one out. Um, Falcons and the Buccaneers. Now the Bucks are seven point favorites right now, as we mentioned against the, against the Falcons, as we mentioned uh, all everything to play for, and maybe as much to play for as anyone else out there in this thing, because you are getting by far the easiest playoff matchup that you could possibly get with a win in this situation. So uh, that's why we're seeing a touchdown favorite here. And Brett, I actually like the the Bucks in a teaser here and getting this thing down to, uh, you know, through the sevens, through the three, uh, getting it down to one is something I'm actually really interested in because um, like we mentioned, I don't think Julio plays. Uh, he hadn't practiced. And again, what's the point at this, at this juncture? Really no point in getting him back out there, rushing him back out there. So, uh, we're going to get a, you know, a shorthanded Atlanta squad yet again. And this, uh, again, this Bucks team is going to, is going to do every, every single thing they can to, to win this game. So, um, I don't know about the seven per se, six and a half. I might be interested in if we could still find one of those, but definitely teasing this thing down to where basically I'm just looking for a Bucks win. I mean, do we do we know that they're going to do everything they can to win this game? I mean, yeah, like a win locks them into the fifth seed and, you know, the first round matchup against the NFC East winner. And they'll probably be a touchdown favorite or close to it in that playoff game. But I, I can't trust Bruce Arians and <laughs> what he says. I mean, he says they're not going to rest any players, but I, I he's blown more smoke than any other coach over his career. Like, I just I don't know what to believe out of this guy's mouth. So I. I I agree with you guys. I'll say this. If you think 
Brady and this offense are going to play a full game. I like the matchup here against a defense that has mailed it in for the year, and Atlanta has really struggled defending the pass all year. And this Tampa offense, as bad as Brady has looked at times this year, has carved up really poor pass defense. Just just look at what happened last week against Detroit. So uh, it, if you can get the six and a half, I, I do like the Buccaneers here. I don't know if that's going to get back down to six and a half again. Um, so I guess, you know, the, te- the teaser makes sense if it's at seven right now. But I again, I don't know what to expect from the Bucks this week. The Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills. This is a game that matters to the Dolphins, not so much for the Bills. The difference between the two and three seed really isn't all that big over in the AFC. You don't know who you're going to play anyway, so it's not like you're jockeying for position when it comes down to that. So uh, what we have seen and basically based off of the backup quarterback getting ruled out, Brett, is a line move to now three and a half in favor of the Bills at DraftKings anyway. And uh, there are threes out there, FanDuel, PointsBet, um, MGM, all of those are, are sitting at the flat three. But this thing moved a full point, point and a half off the news that a backup quarterback had gotten COVID, which is just very interesting and seems a bit of an overreaction because we had no we have no idea whether he was actually going to play or not in this game. Um, so questionable motivation for the Bills, like I said, um, we know that the Steelers who are behind them have decided they're going to be resting players. I don't know why you would go out there and take any chances with Josh Allen and company as good as this offense has been. It could just be all taken away in one play that doesn't really matter. I am firmly in the camp of Bills, maybe only play starters a quarter. Um, I'll start with you on this one game sitting at three, three and a half. Yeah, they could only play starters for a quarter. They could play Josh Allen, the starters for the entire game. I, they, they are playing for the number two seed here, which ensures the two home playoff games. And while home field advantage, we know isn't worth what it once was. This will be the first time all season bills will have like fans in the stadium. Uh, the players want that. The fans, the community wants that. I feel like I'm falling into a narrative trap here, but <laughs> I do. I do expect Buffalo to give it their all against a division rival. That's also you know, fighting for a lot here. And I still don't have any faith in this Miami offense with Tua under center. Uh, the team lost trust in him last week. They benched him. Now they're throwing him right back into the ring with everything on the line against one of the better teams in the NFL who we don't know what the Bills' motivation is going to be. I mean, they might be playing to win this game. So I think three and a half is a pretty fair line. If you can get three, I kind of like Buffalo, uh, but there's just so much uncertainty here with the the in-game decision-making by Sean McDermott. If and when is he going to decide to rest the starters? Is he going to be scoreboard watching in Cleveland? Like, How does that game impact what the Bills do here with this roster? This is a this is a pass for me, but if I had to pick a side, it would be Bills minus three. Yeah, I think I might put a, a plus three and a half in the account and just kind of roll the dice here because I'm not, uh, you know, even if we get, even if we, you know, even if we do get the starters playing at the beginning of the game, if the if the Browns end up, you know, 17 points up in this game against the Steelers, well, they are definitely going to hit the sidelines and that leaves the back door open even if they have gotten a lead here on the Dolphins. So I think while it's available, I'm probably going to go ahead and stick this in my account, roll the dice. Hey, we're gamblers, right? That's what we do. So I'm going to go ahead and gamble that that is going to be how they go about approaching this one.
Uh, Cowboys and the Giants. And this is one of the more interesting ones of the day. I asked Brett in a in a separate chat, which he did not answer me. So I'm actually interested to oh, see yeah. what his what his opinion is <laughs> on this. Um, we're looking at the Cowboys as one point favorites. They were three point favorites two days ago. And then this thing just plummeted down to one. And it wasn't based off of any real news that had come out or anything that may or may, you know, we see these moves off of three typically are based around some sort of major, major news. And I couldn't find anything as to why this thing not only came off the three, but went all the way down to one. Um, Brett, I, uh, you know, I liked the Cowboys a ton at two and a half, uh, when those were out there and then it moved to three and I'm like, okay, well three, maybe I'm not as interested. And then this thing's now down to one. I'm going to need y'all to talk me off of this because uh, Brad, everything you said is the truth. Like they have actually, this offense has actually looked like an NFL offense over the last month of the season. And if anything, it seems like they're trending in the right direction where the giants are going in the complete opposite direction daniel jones cannot make a decision the right he can't make the right decision to save his life back there he looks like a guy that is a fish out of water playing in nfl games right now he does not look like a guy that's been in the league he looks like one of these guys that pulled off the practice squad who's been playing and so i don't know i i i I agree with brad as well yeah you can put you can put bradbury on 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 one of the three receivers but they have two other very good receivers including a very capable tight end as far as moving the ball so i i I don't know what what am i missing here brett you're gonna have to help me out i kept this at two and a half too the until i saw this dallas injury report and that is the big concern with the cowboys the defense that's already ranked near the bottom of the league in nearly every metric could be without several starters including uh, a couple safeties and a cornerback that see a lot of snaps so that was why I kind of pulled back. Uh, I liked Dallas initially too. Uh, it's after this number moved down to one, it, it does sound like a, a couple groups came in and bet this down off the three. And that's why we're sitting at one right now. But I, I, I don't know. I think I think it's going to be offense in this game. I, if I'm looking one way, it's going to be on the over 44 and a half. If these, if these Cowboys defenders are out and Daniel Jones, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, get a practice in on Friday. That's another thing. We don't know what this Giants offense is going to look like if these guys don't play. So uh, I'll be keeping an eye on the injury report on Friday afternoon here. I, I do like the over if uh, if these guys look like they're trending towards playing. Yeah, I like that. I like that look as well in this one. I still think I'm probably going to come in on the Cowboys. I mean, I understand how bad the Cowboys offense has. I mean, defense has been for sure. But this Giants offense has been basically inept for basically the entire season. And so. Uh, If you're going to put me in a situation where it's like, will the Giants score enough on a bad defense or will the Cowboys be able to, uh, you know, kind of continue what has been going on for the past month with their offense? I think I lean a little bit more towards that. So I don't know. I am. uh, I'm pretty much looking towards the uh, Cowboys in this thing and probably are going to end up there when it's all said and done. Jets and the Patriots, a game that means absolutely nothing to either team. Brett, the Patriots are three-point favorites. We have a total of 40. Yes, 40 in a game in 2020. Um, I imagine we're not going to spend much time on this, but what are your what are your thoughts? I don't know if a meaningless game exists to Bill Belichick. I, I think Bill Belichick wants to close this season with a win against the Jets. So I... I do expect this to be another do your job type game for New England, even though it doesn't really mean anything. Uh, this 
this would set up as a poor matchup for New England if the Jets had Quinn and Williams. I mean, this this is a stout mm. Jets run defense early in the year, but with Quinn and Williams done, I don't see why New England can't just run straight against this unit. Uh, I think this is a good time to buy New England off that humiliating loss on Monday night, and we can sell the Jets off two straight wins against playoff teams. So I think there's just built-in value on the Patriots here, uh, given what the market has, has done with these two teams the past couple of weeks. Brad, um, not a game that I'm going to bet because, again, I, I just don't, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know what's going on with either of these teams. I did at least uh, I did at least uh, get it right that, that Bill Belichick was going to come off of Cam Newton last week and, and put in Jared Stidham. I don't know what we're going to see this week with any of this. It's so much uncertainty. I mean, I know that Sam Darnold is lobbying for his, his job there with the Jets, but yeah, right. I mean, like uh, with all that, um, what do you think? What do you think in this one? And is this one going to make your card? So I, I'm a little bit concerned about the, the Patriots' motivation. There was um, one of their beat reporters, Mike Reese. Mike Rice was saying um, Damian Harris won't play because of uh, because of an injury, and he said he thinks a lot of starters who are on the injury report won't play um, just because there's there's no you know there's, there's no need for them to essentially. Um, and the Patriots' injury report is like 20 players long, so. At this point, I, I don't really know who's going to play. Um, and it, uh, to me, I thought the Jets plus three and a half was potentially valuable because we've already seen these players match up earlier in the year. And that was, you know, that was a toss-up game. That was 50-50. That was without Stefan Gilmore. And the Jets have the receivers without Stefan Gilmore in there. Uh, the, the Patriots have no 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 talent no talent on defense. There's no one that can rush the passer. Then there's one player that can cover cover in JC Jackson, and the Jets have have three good receivers as well. So I, I think they can probably move the ball. Um, and I just thought with with what is potentially a makeshift Patriots unit, I thought Jets plus three and a half in two very equal teams was was potentially valuable. Yeah, I am going to sit this one out. I don't uh, I don't like anything about this game at all. So I'm just going to uh, I'm going to pretend it doesn't exist, which is pretty much how I'm going to treat this next one as well. Brad, uh, the Minnesota Vikings, the Detroit Lions, it is uh, six and a half in favor of the Vikings. It I guess they're going to just roll Matthew Stafford out there in a wheelchair and he's going to play like in, in a wheelchair or whatever. Cause like this guy will not miss a game despite the fact he's got nine different injuries basically uh, at this point, uh, six and a half. Do you have any thoughts at all on this one? I've got, I've got nothing here. We, we, we don't know who's going to play like, you know, against the Bucks, Stafford played three snaps or so before, before going out. It could be the exact same here on the Vikings side. They've got some COVID issues with their right tackle. I think like no doubt. Dalvin Cook, Cook is yeah. out. Yeah. It's, it's an absolute mess. And I've got no idea who's going to play. So I, I couldn't confidently uh, handicap this one. Brett, I imagine same for you there. Yeah, I mean, my notes say that Chase Daniels playing, so I, I'm obviously not prepared to talk about this one. I, I have no idea. I didn't even know Stafford's going to try to play, so I have nothing here. Yeah, I, this is just, I have no interest in that one at all. Really glad that y'all don't either so that we can just move right on. Now, this game does mean something to both teams. This game means a lot, actually, to both teams. The Green Bay Packers and the Chicago Bears may be one of the better games, actually, of the entire slate with uh, two teams that are, you know, motivated, two teams that are healthy, two teams that are 
going into this with some aspirations. Packers, of course, can solidify the number one seed, which not only gets them home field advantage, but also gets that coveted first round bye that nobody else gets in outside of the number one seed. And of course, the Bears are playing to get into the playoffs. Brett, it is a five point spread right now in favor of the Packers. We have a um, we have a four and a half that can be found. There's a four and a half at points bet. There's a four and a half at FanDuel as well. We have a 50 and a half on the total. How do you see the Packers and the Bears? I see this as a message game for Green Bay. Clinch the number one seed against their division rival. Uh, division rival that still has uh, some breath left to possibly sneak into the playoffs. I think it's time to sell all the stock on Mitch Trubisky in this offense. This this recent production is not sustainable because look at the defenses they've played. Houston, Detroit. I mean, I, it's just it, it, they cannot continue this pace. Uh, so I'm I'm definitely selling the Bears here. I think this is a great spot for Green Bay to just steamroll a division rival and go into the playoffs uh, with a bye. Brad, the uh, Bears defense that was, you know, much talked about for the majority of the season that was kind of keeping them in these games, even though they were losing them, has not played as well as as of late here. Um, And now they go up against what is considered to be one of the, if not the very best offenses in all of the NFL. Whenever we look at, you know, if we look at DVOA, Green Bay is the number one overall offense. If we look at PFF, the number one overall offense. Um, this offense protects Aaron Rodgers extremely well. Their pass block win rate is first overall. Their adjusted sack rate is fifth. Their pressure allowed best in the league. So um, a Green Bay uh, Chicago defense, again, like I said, that's been slipping just a little bit over the tail end of the season here against a Green Bay team that has just been continuing to rock. Um, four and a half points is can be got and can be had if you like the Packers and five if you like the Bears. This is a. Uh, I, I, I think the, the big thing here is this uh, injury to David Bakhtiari, um, which I mean, I think that's a huge blow for their Super Bowl hopes as well. Because I think we've seen this year when Rodgers is protected, um, he is you know he's elite. That's the number one offense in the NFL, as you say. Um, but the games where he's faced a little bit of pressure, like the Bucks, where they where they blitzed him, he or even the Panthers two weeks ago, he's 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 regressed a little bit. You know, he's he's been a bit trigger happy he's got rid of it quickly and and not waited for it to open up down the field Um, and obviously against the Bears they do have the pass rushes in Khalil Mack Akeem Hicks to to get after him so I did back the Bear uh, the Packers minus five and a half before that news and now I'm a little bit worried about it Um, and I I did like the over as well because the Bears are there they're banged up in the secondary with Buster Screen and uh, Jalen Johnson I think both expected to miss a corner so, yeah, I, I'm, I am concerned about that. And I, I do also agree with Brett, though, that Mitch Trubisky is no better than he ever was. Um, there were, I think Steve Ruiz from For the Win was writing about this, that uh, the Bears, they've just adopted like the Rams playbook, essentially, the McVeigh, you know, stretch outside zone plays and then just play action off that. And it, they've just simplified it for Mitch in that way. Um, but he, you know, he's still, I think, the 33rd graded PFF quarterback since then, even against those easy opponents. So I think the Packers are, they've got enough talent on defense that I don't think they're going to just be carved up by that the way that the Jags were, for example. So at four and a half, I, I probably still would go with the Packers, even with those those questions at left tackle, um, just because I think the offense is, is still so good. 
compared to Mitch. So it would be a small lean at Packers minus four and a half, but not a huge bet now. Yeah, I, uh, I I backed the Packers already. One of the few bets I have in my account. Um, I, I just like them in this spot against the team. I actually lean a little bit towards the over as well at 50 and a half. I mean, this uh, this Bears defense, again, has, has not been all that great. I do expect the Bears to score a little bit as well. So um, 50 and a half, I kind of like the over in that as well. So I'll be, uh, I, I might actually get that into the count as well. Uh, Brad, let's start with the Titans and the Texans. This is now ballooned up to seven and a half. So you're getting the hook on the touchdown. If you want to back the Texans to keep this thing close, of course, we talked about the motivation at the top of the pod. There's every bit of motivation that can possibly be had for this Titans team. We have a total of 56 in this game, expected to be a ton of points. What do you think about the Titans and Texans? Um, I don't think there's any way the Texans get the stops here. I mean, I'm, I'm sure everyone saw that JJ Watt video where he's going, oh, you know, we're professional athletes. We're going to play hard. So I'm sure you get the Texans best effort, but I, I just think they have no talent. You know, they, they lost their best corner a while back. And since then, they've just been absolutely shredded by whoever fancies it. You know, Trubisky, for example, to put up 37 on them. So I, I, I don't see any reason how, uh, you know, Tannehill, Henry and the Titans don't just go nuts and score 35 like they do. Um, because you know, the Texans are also badly coached. It seems the only way to stop the Titans is just stack the box early in the game, like the Packers did last week, although Snow may have been involved, or like the Browns did a few weeks ago. Um, and then, you know, the Titans will still run anyway. But I just don't think the Texans are, are smart enough or good enough up front to stop them in that way. So I think the Titans go up and down the field. Um, and the Texans, Laramie Tunsil, the left tackle, that would be a big in and out question. That's definitely one to watch. Um, you know, he's, he's an all pro pass protector. So we would like him in there, even if the Titans defense doesn't really have a pass rush. Um, and I, yeah, I, I probably like um, Watson. Again, he he's, he's, says he's going to play. He's banged up as well. So throw it all together. I, I probably like the over 56. But there's, again, there's enough questions about the health of those two key players in Watson and Laramie Tunsil. Um, that I'm, I'm not going to go nuts here again. It'd be a very small bet at best. Brett, um, I, I'm I could not agree with Brad more. Like <clears throat> I don't know how I don't know how they stop. You know, I, I just don't know how the, the the Texans go about stopping the the Titans in this game. So uh, riddle me how this defense that has been shredded basically all year long is going to stop this offense. I mean, listen, yeah, they can stack the box, but they don't have the type of players in the secondary like the Packers do to be able, I mean, look, Jair Alexander is arguably the best corner in the league, right? So like you have a guy in the secondary when you're the Packers who you put on, you know, an AJ Brown or whatever, and you you just basically neutralize him and take him out of the game. That doesn't exist for the, for the, for the Texans, you know? So I I don't know. I, it it seems like if they sell out to, to stop Derrick Henry, then Tannehill could throw for, you know, 350 in this game or something. And if then if they go balanced, then uh, they'll just they'll just kind of matriculate the ball down the field and, and kind of score at will as well. So I, I don't know. It's hard for me to see a, a Texans angle here. Yeah, this is a really good buy spot on Tennessee, a, a team that has thumped really bad teams all season, particularly bad teams with putrid defenses. And this Texans team is a bottom three defense, according to both PFF and football outsiders. Uh Combine that with the Titans coming off that embarrassing loss to Green Bay, and then you factor in the motivations in this game and the injuries to the Texans that Brad laid out. The problem is that everybody is seeing the same thing and saw that early in the week. I mean, this was four and a half early in the week, mm-hmm. and that's why this has moved all the way through the key number to seven and a half. So, you know, the number isn't nearly as enticing as it was 
on Monday, which is upsetting uh, because we do the show on Friday. But I, yeah, I'm with you guys. I just don't see how the Titans don't just roll here. How, how the how the Texans get stops, and you know, with with Deshaun Watson hobbled, I, I I don't know if I can get behind the over here too. I just I don't I don't know how the the, the Texans keep this close. I, I just don't. Y'all know I play a ton of teasers. Uh, not a lot of options this week, but this is one of them. I uh, I have that in the account, the Titans down to a point and a half. I would be shocked if I lost this bet. I would be very, very shocked if I lost the Titans minus a point and a half. So um, I have them as part of a teaser leg. You can pair them up with any of the other ones that you, uh, you know, might tickle your fancy. A little sneak peek. I have them in a game that we have yet to talk about. So we'll... Uh, We'll get there in just a bit. Saints, <clears throat> Saints and the Panthers. Uh, Saints, again, a decent amount of motivation, um, but they could be scoreboard watching. And with the, with, you know, a, a 40-year-old quarterback that's uh, with a bunch of banged up ribs, I imagine they will be. Um, Brett, six and a half point favorites against the Panthers. But again, you know, if they look up and the Packers are up two touchdowns, everybody's hitting the sideline. Yeah. And that's why I didn't really know what to do with this. I mean, if, if the saints go, go for it, I kind of like the over on the total. It opened at 51, dropped to 47. That looks like a bit of an over, over correction to me, given how poor this Panthers defense is, um, you know, where the Panthers have been the best defensively this year is, is when they can get pressure up front with these edge rushers. Not an easy task against New Orleans uh, when Drew Brees is under center. You get the, get the ball out quickly. Uh, so I, I, I do see New Orleans being able to carve up this defense, uh, maybe not quickly, but efficiently. Um, and, and, the, and on the other side of the ball, the, the Panthers still have, you know, all these weapons to produce splash plays with DJ Moore and Samuel and Robbie Anderson, even without McCaffrey and Mike Davis. I, I do like the over 47 here. But again, you know, we don't know what the Saints are going to do if they are scoreboard watching and the Packers are just thumping the Bears, which we I, I, I expect to happen. Then why would the Saints even roll their starters out in the second half? So I yeah, I don't really have a whole lot on this one. Brad, tough for me to back the Saints given all those scenarios here. Again, I, I do believe, we all believe the Packers could could win and are going to win. And if that's the case, then the Saints, I do imagine, will be scoreboard watching and probably not playing starters in the second half. What do you feel about Saints at six and a half? Um, I think that's, I would say that's in the number as well, that, that you know, potential to take the foot off the gas. Um, because I, w- I would make this one higher. I think the key matchup is this, the fact, so Russell Okunga left tackle is going to miss for the Panthers and they're probably going to be on their fifth string left tackle. Um, and I think that is an absolute recipe for disaster against this Saints pass rush, which is third in the NFL in pressure rate. Uh, we saw what they did a couple of weeks ago against um, against Patrick Mahomes when he had a he had a second string right tackle. He, they were in the backfield the entire game then and held him to his I think lowest yards per attempt all season. Um, so I think they will put all sorts of pressure on Teddy. Um, and I think as long as they want to, they they can march up and down the field mm-hmm. as you say. Um, 
I guess the only good thing about this Panthers defense is Brian Burns, basically a pass rusher. Um, and he, he's, I think he mispracticed last I checked. And, and obviously they've got the best left or well, one of the best left tackles in the league in Terran Armstead. So I, I think they'll be able to run the ball, pass the ball, do whatever they want as long as they want to. Um, but, they, but I think we saw this exact, near exact scenario last year where the Saints didn't need to win uh, before the playoffs against the Panthers. And I think they won by 40 or something. So I I did bet a small amount of uh, minus six and a half here, uh, about minus 114. So uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's worth a, a small bet because I, I do think they can do what they want essentially. Another game where there is motivation on one end, not on the other. The Colts, 14-point favorites over the Jags. Colts have to win to get in. Of course, there, there's other ways they can get in, but, you know, the easiest way. They just win. They beat a team that they're 14-point favorites over. Jags have already locked up the number one overall pick. Um, that being said, they're still not starting Minshew. They're going to go ahead and just lose out here. You know, Robinson's not going to play. DJ Chark hasn't practiced all week long. They're going with Glennon. Um, Brad, two touchdowns here. I don't have any interest in this game whatsoever. Uh, what say you? Uh, yeah, no interest for me either. Um, I thought it would possibly interest. Colts have got a couple of injuries in the secondary, but you know who knows what the Jags want to do. Like, I, mean, I, I thought they were a good bet against the Bears last week when that line puffed up a couple of points and then they, they lose by 30 or something. So I, I just don't know. You, you, you couldn't back them. Yeah, Brett, it seems like even though they could still win this game and and still get the number one overall pick, it seems they're they're content with going ahead and just and losing it. So uh, I, I don't know. But do they lose it by two touchdowns? It's with all the uncertainty. There's just uh, there's too much going on here for me to for me to care too much. Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, will, like, will they try to play spoiler now that they already have locked up the number one pick? I mean, they can they can win this game and still win the the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. I think this would be a fitting bookend of the season. Uh, they opened with a win against the Colts. They could close it mm-hmm. here. Maybe not with a win, but right. at least a sweat for the Colts to get into the playoffs. And Indy does have some serious injury concerns right now. DeForest Buckner questionable with an ankle injury. He hasn't practiced as of thursday anthony costanzo has already been ruled out which leaves the colts with some serious restructuring on the offensive line and then as brad said some some injuries in the secondary as well as kari willis rocky seen both in concussion protocol so 14 points is a, a lot to cover for a team with this many injuries plus an offense that's very much league average and I don't know, man. The, the, the motivations to, to play spoiler against a division rival and prove something to close out the year uh, kind of leans me toward the Jags at plus 14. Wouldn't they have gone with Minshew if they actually cared about playing spoiler? I don't know. Is Minshew that much better than Glenn? I mean, I, I don't I don't know. I don't know. Just, I just, no throw, just throwing that out there. Um, another game that uh, it, it falls kind of right in that category of what we were talking about with the Saints. It is the Seahawks and the 49ers with so many question marks around how many people are going to play, how long they're going to play. I don't have a ton of interest in this one, Brett, because same deal, right? The Seahawks could be scoreboard watching. They see the Packers up and everybody comes off the field. And then next thing you know, you think you're holding a good ticket and you're holding a crap ticket. So, um, uh, I just, you know, I don't like to play these mental games. I don't like to uh, deal with the frustrations here. So I'll be sitting this one out, but Seahawks are six and a half point favorites over the 49ers. Yeah, Pete Carroll's not your rest the starters type of coach, and they are still in contention for the number one seed. It's very improbable that they get it. Um, Seattle actually matches up pretty well with San Francisco, and and the defense has started to get healthier, and they're playing at a higher level. 
uh, here towards the end of the season. The question is, like you said, how long do we see Seattle starters if this game is not going well from the start or they are scoreboard watching and they don't see a path to the number one seed? They will probably just sit their guys. Um, but again, I, I don't know what Pete Carroll is going to do. So I, I have I have no really in, I have no interest in this game at all. Brad, uh, six and a half in favor of the Seahawks. Again, same scenario. They in a in in a dream scenario could end up the number one seed, but very, very highly unlikely. Um, and they would know that, you know, they could know at some point by halftime, maybe whether they want to continue to press on. Uh, what do you think here uh, from the Seahawks and the 49ers? Six and a half. Well, no Kinlaw on the defensive line, so they're probably going to have no pass rush. But yeah, as you say, you know, we could get Seahawks backups in the second half as well. So um, no idea, to be honest. Uh, I left this one alone. The Cardinals and the Rams. Now, this is a game that has there is a lot of implications here and everybody has everything to play for. It looks like we are going to get Kyler Murray for the Cardinals, but it looks like we're, we've got John Walford for the Rams, a broken finger for uh, Jared Goff. He's out. Cooper Cup has landed on the COVID list as well, which has now pushed this line all the way to Cardinals three and a half. So you are actually uh, getting the hook if you like the Ram side of things in this one. 40 and a half is our total across the board. Um, Brad, I'm going to start with you here on this one. Uh, Kyler looks to be going despite the fact that he is probably not going to be 100% healthy, but we do have a Rams team that is going to be with an AAF quarterback that is going to be playing without Cooper Cup, who's kind of that safety blanket there in the wide receiving core. What do you think of the Cardinals and the Rams? I'm kind of tempted by the Rams here. Um, I, I think so. Hey, uh, a the quarterback, he was, I think he was the highest graded player in the AAF um, and he, he's quite mobile. So I think McVeigh, I think basically we're going to see a, that Kyler He's banged up, especially, and he's not going to be the running threat he was. And then the rest of that team, the defense is below average. The coaching is abysmal. And I think when Kyler can't bail Cliff out, when he can't, you know, take off running, when he's just called a bad play, then I think that I think that seems awful. Basically, I just think they're a bad team. Whereas mm. it's kind of the opposite, where on the other side, you've got the coach holding the quarterback up rather than vice versa. Um, and I think, so I think McVay's going to cook up some various stuff for, for the quarterback on the run um, and you know sort of roll him out of the pocket because he is quite mobile um, and I think the the Cardinals are not going to have prepared for that they're not going to have seen that at all on tape so I think Rams first half is I think potentially quite a good bet here you'll probably get plus two or something you might even get a plus three because you know realistically who, who's back in the Rams here uh, with a backup quarterback so I would, I would wait and uh, see if you can get a plus three on the first half uh, because you know the defense, the coaching, everything else is just better than the Cardinals. And we uh, we spoke before the first matchup. I think that that they match up quite well. Um, these two teams for well, in in the Rams' favor, and they they destroyed them in that first game. I think they they beat them by like three yards per play or something. Um, so yeah, I, I like the I like the underdog here. Brett, this one of those weird circumstances where the advanced metrics and the advanced sites here that we like to look at don't agree. Um, DVOA has the Arizona defense as the 10th best defense overall, has their rush defense as the 14th best rush defense overall. Then PFF 
has the defense as 28th overall, has the rush defense down at 31st, the second to uh, last in the league. Typically, these do kind of intersect, but this is a, a big disagreement between DVOA and PFF. I tend to lean towards PFF with what I've seen with my own eyes here. I think that this defense is kind of hot garbage when it comes to to the Arizona Um and which makes me a little leery of a three and a half bet on them in this game. When you, when you take a look and you know, Hey, look, the Rams, they haven't ruled out cam Akers quite yet, but uh, I imagine he'll be out, but they still have a couple of other backs that they can go with. It wouldn't surprise me to see the Rams kind of get back to that run heavy that we saw at the beginning of the year and, and, you know, protect their AAF quarterback and everything and just kind of run it down the Cardinals throats. I, I, I don't know. I, I haven't bet this, but getting the hook for a weirdly, I kind of weirdly want to take the Rams, but I'm just, I, I don't know if I can get myself to do it. I have a feeling I will be invested in this one. <laughs> I, I'm going to dig into it more because I don't know much about John Wolford. But typically, I do like to bet backup quarterbacks because of the overreaction in the market. And when you factor in the Kyler Murray injury, plus the fact that Jared Goff just isn't good to begin with. So there probably will be just a built in overreaction to the backup quarterback coming in. I think there is value on the Rams here. I capped this short of three uh, without really looking into it a whole lot. So I I I probably will end up on the Rams here. This is certainly going to be a a circuit contest play for me, Um, but I I probably will end up on the Rams uh, with money on it as well. Chargers and the Chiefs, we already know. Chiefs, no motivation, already resting starters. They're three-and-a-half-point dogs to a Chargers team that's going to be without Keenan Allen because he has been put on the COVID list. Um, Brett, you go ahead and back the Chargers uh, if you want to. Um, Three-and-a-half, if, if, you, if, you, if you have the stones to do that, my friend, you go right ahead. But uh, I, I, I'm not doing it. And uh, zero chance I'm back in Anthony Lynn, maybe ever again, as long as I live, if this guy is a coach of any team. So uh, anyway, they're three and a half point favorites over what is assumed to be a team full of backups uh, from the Kansas City Chiefs. That's the thing. I don't care who's playing for Kansas City. The, the Chargers are north of three point favorites against Andy Reid with Anthony Lynn coaching. Like I, I, you can't I can't I can't just I can't click that. I can't I can't. And no Keenan Allen, just, right? Yeah, like, like I just can't, I can't do it. I don't care who's playing. So yeah, same. I'm if anything, I'm not going to bet it. But I mean, like Chad Henney's like played a bunch in the NFL. It's not like it's a yeah. guy who's like never played before or whatever. So yeah, I mean, if I had to play it, I would play. I would play the. I'd take the three and a hook on the Chiefs. I haven't done it. I probably won't. But uh, that'd be the only way I'd go about that one. What about you, uh, Brad? Chiefs and the Chargers. Yeah, what? A, yeah, nightmare. Um, <laughs> I, I, I really, I really don't know. It's, it's going to be. I don't think we're going to get Tyreek uh, on the offensive side as, as well. So it might be like the Miko Hardman mm-hmm. from Chad Henney game. Um, but the, I mean, Chargers are banged up as well, as you say. No Keenan, but no, no Haywood. I think probably no Bosa. So yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's another mess of a game. <laughs> uh, here is one that has uh, no motivation for either team here other than trying to end on a good note the Raiders and the Broncos the Raiders are three point favorites over the Broncos in Denver a total of 51 uh, Brad when we look of course we know the Raiders defense can't stop a nosebleed the Broncos <laughs> here recently uh, they are also fairly terrible and uh, it's stopping things which is why we're sitting at a 51 total in this game my initial lean was towards the over in this because I think both teams can probably score on each other and just continue to move the ball up and down the field I don't really have a 
great sense for the side here, but uh, that total does seem a little a little short for me. Yes, I I also don't have a strong feel. One one thing I was interested that was interesting. Beat reporters were talking about a potential Mariota red zone package. Um, obviously, Derek Carr is still with that groin injury, and he he didn't look a hundred percent last week. So they're they're talking about bringing Mariota in a bit like the Colts do with Jacoby Brissett. So I wondered uh, about a a Mariota anytime touchdown prop could be could be worth a look. But that, that's about all I've got for this. I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brett, three points, 51, the total two teams out that are already out of it. Of course, the Raiders getting, you know, their, their soul ripped out as a team. Uh, I'm not really going to buy that. That thing is like a, you know, oh, they're not going to show up because they just got their, you know, soul ripped out type deal. But, uh, you know, here they are Broncos, three point favorites, 51, your total. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot on this game. I would love to back Drew Locke in a game where he might be playing for a job. And he should be able to find success here against this Raiders defense, a really poor defense by every metric you can look at. But we've said this about Drew Locke before, and he's just going out and, and just put up yeah. a dud. Uh, I would like to invest in Jerry Judy this week coming off the, I mean, it's just a horrific game last week with the five uh, drops. I mean, the worst, I, I don't know if I've, I've seen a wide receiver play a worse game, actually, like ever. Yeah, and especially that, a guy that's just, as talented as he is baffling but the guy's still getting so many targets i think probably uh i think drew lock's gonna keep going to him this week so i that that's that'll be some props uh i'm looking at this week is just mm-hmm. buying buying some uh, jerry judy stock yeah maybe a dfs play with with judy mm-hmm. and you know stuff like that uh and finally let's close things out with the washington football team and the philadelphia eagles this is the game for the nfc east if the phil if the uh, football team wins they are in. If not, it will go to the winner of that Cowboys Giants game that is played earlier in the day. The Eagles can play spoiler. Of course, Jalen Hurts will be starting for this Eagles team as well. Football team, two and a half point favorites over the Eagles. But Brett, the interesting thing here is Alex Smith is yet to practice so far this week. Now, they said he doesn't have to practice to play if he feels good enough to go. Um, look, Alex Smith has been fine and all. But the guy hasn't stepped on a football field in nearly two weeks, and we're going to say that he's just going to go out there and play against this Eagles defense that, hey, you know, look, if there is a bright spot on this Eagles team, it is the pass rush. It is getting after the quarterback. It is, you know, creating some havoc up there as far as pressure and everything. Uh, I Am I crazy to, by the way, when I said that I had a, a Titans teaser from earlier, uh, here's the big reveal. It is with the Eagles. I have taken the Eagles up through the three and the seven all the way to eight. It's a better number now than I even got it at. I got it at two, which got it up to eight. You can get it to eight and a half right now, uh, on a teaser side of things, but I just have a very hard time finding a way for this, uh, for the football team with their quarterback situation and everything that is going on. Uh, you know, beating this Eagles team as bad as the Eagles have been, but by more than a touchdown. Am I crazy here? No, I'm with you. I, I'm I'm concerned a little bit about this Eagles injury report. Fletcher Cox doesn't look like he's going to play. He hasn't practiced, didn't play last week. And this, it's just a very different defense when he's not on the field. And there's just, there's all kinds of injuries going on with the Eagles around him as well. Uh, That said, like you can't tell me that Jalen Hurts isn't just going to try to ball out this week and convince that franchise that he is their future, and the Eagles are going to give him every opportunity to do that. 
I'm with you. I can't, I can't back this uncertainty at quarterback for Washington as it'll probably close at three. If Alex Smith does play, I think if you can get a three with Alex Smith playing, I would go with the Eagles here and in a season with this much unpredictability, especially in this division, I'm expecting much of the same here in week 17. I think Philly uh, wins this at home and the winner of the other game ends up getting into the playoffs. It would just be a fitting end to the regular season here in 2020. Yeah, I, uh, Brad, when we take a look at this, I mean, uh, we're also dealing with Terry McLaurin, who has has yet to to log a practice. He did some sideline work yesterday and, you know, Ron Rivera said he looked good on the sideline, but, uh, you know, still on the sideline. So your your best offensive weapon, uh, you know, at, at very at the very least, if I mean, at the very best scenario, even if he does play, is going to be playing at, you know, not anywhere near a hundred percent. I don't know what what are, what am I missing here? What do you, what are people liking about the football team? Because this thing has moved from a point and a half to two and a half. I would say what they're liking is a that injury report that Brett spoke about because it's Fletcher Cox, Derek Barnett. Um, they're already missing key secondary pieces like Jalen Mills. Um, Slay was banged up last week. I, I assume you'll play, but you know the the strength of the Eagles all year long has been kind of the pass rush has helped cover up some of the some of the secondary, some of the, you know some of the issues back there. Um, and if if that's not happening here, um, which you know it looks like it's not, then you would think a normal team would be able to move the ball. But we so we've you know the, this this calf issue is because. You know, they took like half his calf away for Alex Smith mm-hmm. for that leg, leg injury. Um, so it, it's not a normal calf right now. And, uh, you know, I've, I've heard doctors talking about it going, they they don't know how he's going to be able to perform because, you know, that's not that's not like he's had that muscle there for 30 years. It's kind of a right. half muscle. So I, I have no idea what you can expect from Smith. And then that offense without McLaurin is, is nothing. It's, it's JD McKissick or Cam Sims, you know. Like there's, there's zero weapons whatsoever. So... Even though the Eagles are very banged up defensively, I, I don't know if this if the football team will be able to take advantage of it. And then the other side, the Eagles are also missing their left tackle Jordan Mailata, um, so they're going to be on like the fifteenth different offensive line uh, combination of the season against one of the very best pass rushes in the NFL, um, third in pass rush win rate, fourth in sacks per pass attempt. So Hertz is going to be on his bicycle all game as well. Deshaun Jackson probably out. Dallas got it out. So again, this this game is an absolute mess. Um, Altogether, uh, all, all maybe the under is the play, given the pass rush mm-hmm. from Washington, um, given the injuries to the Washington offense. Maybe that's the play. But again, it, it's, it's tough to know what to expect with with all these injuries again. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I feel like we were kind of beating the same drum here on this uh, on this podcast. And if you stuck around this long, thanks for listening as long as you did. Um, but we're not going to sit here and blow smoke, right? I mean, that's one of the things we've tried to do all year long. Is if if we don't like a game, we we move on. If we have a bet on a game, we tell you. And if it's a if it's a disaster of a week, we're going to tell you it's a disaster of a week. We're not going to sit here and be those guys that sit there and, and and pretend like we have bets on every single game that that comes out because that's just not the case and if you're doing that you're doing it wrong so um we will have good takes i promise you come next week whenever we get into the playoffs and those games that matter and we know what's going on with all that stuff and motivation factor is out the is out the window because we know what everyone's motivation is at that point so um 
Appreciate everything, guys. Of course, if you want written breakdowns, you can find those over at the lines. You can find those over at Play Picks as well. And if you need a if you need a, a sports book again, because we're talking about various lines and various totals and and different juice and things like that, uh, just head over to the lines. Go up to the top, find your state, click on your state page, and all the best signup offers are there for, you know, be it free money, free bets, uh, match bets, and deposit bonuses and things like that. So take advantage of that while these sports books are fighting for your business out there. If you want to follow Brad on Twitter at Brad Allen NFL, you want to follow Brett at Brett Colson, you want to follow me at Matt Brown M2 for Brad. For Brett, talk to you guys next week. <laughs>